Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, May 13, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. So Ashley, on yesterday's so show, Matt. I ended it with effectively saying that unless we had a bunch of crazy news on Tuesday, we'd probably just have <laughs> one of us hey. do some news and then we'd throw to an interview. Well, we had a bunch of crazy news on Tuesday, Ashley, so here we are. This was, yeah, uh, as wild. you said to me, yeah, you said to me over text, um, like there's probably going to be no other major news for the rest of the week because everybody unloaded it on Tuesday. <laughs> Everyone but... decided today was their news day, yeah. Yeah, so they definitely did. So that means that probably, unless, I mean, who knows at this point, um, hopefully tomorrow or, or someday as soon as it's humanly possible, in the feed we will have like a short show and then an interview with Elisa May Gold, who was one of the stars of the off-Broadway smash hit Our Dear Dead Drug Lord, and is also slated to be a part of the Broadway premiere production of How I Learned to Drive from MTC, which has already been rescheduled from this season to 2021. I had a great conversation with her um, over uh, it's over a week ago now, and we just haven't had time to fit it in with everything else we have going on. But it was really, really good and went in a bunch of different directions that I didn't anticipate. So I'm super excited for you all to hear that when we are able to get it out. That I thought was going to be today, but it is not. Instead, though, if you head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio, as soon as it's available, you will hear it there first. Then it'll show up in the regular feed the following morning. So get over there. It's a great interview. I was really psyched about it, um, and I'm, I'm excited to get it out into the world. But we aren't doing that today. Instead, we are getting into the news. And that first bit of news is something that we had been warning you all that would happen sooner rather than later and shouldn't come as a surprise to really anybody who's paying attention to the world. But yesterday it became official that Broadway theaters will remain closed through at least September 6th, the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Now, what the Broadway League did not announce was that shows would resume on either September 7th or 8th. Instead, this is just a business move to allow shows and box offices and producers to start refunding tickets and facilitating some sort of exchanges. Uh, we do right, not know right. at this point when Broadway shows will return, other than the fact that it will not be during the summer of 2020. Broadway League President Charlotte St. Martin said in a press release, quote, while all Broadway shows would love to resume performances as soon as possible, we need to ensure the health and well-being of everyone who comes to the theater, behind the curtain, and in front of it, before shows can return. The Broadway League's membership is working in cooperation with the theatrical unions, government officials, and health experts to determine the safest ways to restart our industry. In a subsequent statement from the Actors' Equity Association AEA Executive Director Mary McCall said, quote, Today, the Broadway League took a difficult but necessary action to put the safety of everyone from the audience to the actors and stage managers first. Before our members can safely return to work, we will need new protocols to protect audiences and workers alike. Now, Ashley, I don't want to really belabor all of this because this is stuff you and I and James have been talking about now sure. many, many times over the past yeah. two months. And none yeah. of this is a surprise. But the road to getting Broadway theaters back to operational is going to be a challenging one and not something that is going to happen quickly unfortunately right. so we need officials on the theatrical side on the governmental side to make prudent yet difficult decisions that are good for the long run to make sure that there is a broad way to eventually come back to i am mm -hmm. getting increasingly nervous about the long-term ramifications of this shutdown not only on the institutions that make up broadway oh absolutely the, yeah and 
and the individuals that make it work, but also the societal and financial environments that will be there when shows actually are able to return. Oh, I, I think that sure. whenever we return, what we see from Broadway is going to look markedly different than what we saw before this shutdown began. Yeah, we've talked about several times as far as there have been surveys and studies of people, theater goers, saying they're nervous about returning to the theater and it's not going to be immediate. And, you know, as you said, September is not the return point. And as we've said many, many times here, there are a lot of steps that are going to have to happen. I'm, I'm kind of tired of hearing people be like, and, and not... Uh, people who are necessarily familiar or well-versed with the theater, but generally people being like, well, they could do temperature checks at the door and yada, yada, yada. Not even remotely realistic to do things like that. And then you start getting into the conversation about capping capacity and what that's going to look like, where it could work in a smaller theater, but won't work in a larger theater, like a Broadway theater. So there are going to be so many steps that have to happen and so much analysis as far as what it's going to take to get people back into theaters and what it's going to take to get people back into theaters safely. And we don't know that yet. Nobody knows that yet. Yeah, I am fine. I, I personally have no problem with the temperature checks. If it means people have to get in line earlier, I'm fine with that. But if that that's is the only thing correct. they're doing. That, right. Yeah. That is a part of the solution that should be done only when we think that the health uh, is situation is already well sure. in hand. This yes. should that should not be considered like a be all end all because we know so well if you're paying attention and unfortunately many people are not and they're taking their news from people who stand in front of podiums they don't actually know what they're talking about or refusing to admit that they know what they're talking about. There are so many people that are asymptomatic that are able to you know to pass the disease. Um, and to where the point where a temperature check is not going to show that they actually have it when they actually do. So that should be part of the solution and the plan, but it should not be the whole plan. I absolutely agree. And from a financial standpoint, mm -hmm. you're right. Yeah. You know, cutting the audience down um, to half or whatever it is where social distancing can still be done. That means that shows won't make money mm -hmm. and then won't be able to run. Sure. So that's and that's not possible. Not even to mention the financial impact this is going to have on people who buy the tickets. Like, right? That's is, yeah. That's what I meant. Is yeah. The, yeah. Right. Is theater going to be a priority for a lot of people who are just getting back to work? Probably not. I have a long list of things, and I was going to write it for an article for Broadway World, and I just didn't think it was appropriate because we don't know what's actually. You'll get going it taken right down. <laughs> yeah. Well, Charlotte. Um, but one of the things that it's going to take a concerted effort from every stakeholder in the Broadway community that's going to have to come from theater owners, it's going to have to come from producers, it's going to have to come from the unions, it's going to have to come from performers. Um, everyone is going to have to make sacrifices and concessions to make sure that we have an environment in which theater can survive. I have no doubt that theater as a concept will always be there. It's been here right. since ancient it's Greece and things exactly. have always happened. It's always going to be an art form. It's just Correct. what it, what that art form looks like going forward. Exactly. And I am, I am one billion percent and I hate people that say more than a hundred percent, but I'm one billion percent in <laughs> favor of the industry and the art form evolving, but that needs to be done in a long-term way. If we try to change things dramatically now because 
uh, you know, out of necessity because of all of the impacts of this shutdown, it's going to destroy people's lives. Yep. And that's what I'm hoping yep. to prevent that. I hope that they are thinking about preventing. And I know they are and I trust them. Um, yeah, but I, I just do don't too, know that honestly. we haven't had this communicated very well as to what the plan is. And, and a lot of that has to do with the fact is that I don't know that they can make a plan until they know when openings are. But that is a conversation for another day, Ashley. All right. So since that was a pretty shitty conversation to have to start the show, I am <laughs> making a decree for the rest of this episode, Ashley. Nothing but good news. Nothing. Okay. I'm feeling very John like Krasinski. It. Only good news for the rest <laughs> yes. of the episode. And now it is law. Yes. This first bit of news is by is by far it is not the most talked about or even culturally significant bit of news that we learned on Tuesday, but it is the most heartwarming mm-hmm. and I'm leading with it anyway. If you don't like it, go listen to one of the other daily theater news podcasts out there because I'm sure <laughs> Oh, never mind. Anyway, we are Wait. starting with a fact that on Tuesday afternoon, Amanda Klutz reported on Instagram that her husband, Tony nominee Nick Cordero, has officially woken up after being in a medically induced coma for about six weeks while he fought the coronavirus. Klutz said that while he is still extremely weak and can't really open his eyes, doctors did tell her because she can't get into the hospital because no one is allowed in. uh, But the doctors have told her that he is responding to commands and is officially awake. Now, Nick clearly has a long road of recovery ahead of him, but this is a huge first step and one and yes. this is a huge first step and one that Ashley, if I'm being honest, I didn't think that we would ever get the chance to celebrate. Um yeah. so, so we have so much love for Nick and his family. We've talked with people uh, in our various interviews I have um who know Nick and just talk about what a wonderful human he is um, and how much of a fighter he is. Amanda called him a real superhero. Yeah. So we are rooting for Nick. We're rooting for Amanda and for their son, Elvis. And this is as good of news as you could possibly have gotten on a Tuesday. Absolutely. Good news doesn't even begin. As you say, he's going to have a long road to recovery, but even in talking about what a fighter he is and how much people love him. If you just watch the videos that Amanda has in her story of like everyone dancing for him, it's, this is, as I said, good news doesn't even begin. Absolutely. So um, congratulations on this very first important step. uh, And we'll be rooting him along in all the other steps that come afterwards. Okay, now on to the story that effectively blew up the theatrical and pop culture interwebs on Tuesday. As we had theorized about pretty early on in the shutdown, Disney Plus is in fact bringing the filmed Broadway production of Hamilton to its streaming service far earlier than they had originally planned. The film had originally been slated to start streaming in the fall of 2021, but instead it will become available pretty appropriately on July 3rd of this year. That's less, even though July 3rd sounds like it's a long time away, it's less than two months, like a month and a half away. Time has no meaning. Yeah, flat circle, all that stuff. The capture was recorded (laughs) to Jeremy Barry. I really need to replace my uh, true detective (laughs) reference with a good place reference. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, the capture was recorded at the Richard Rogers Theater in 2016 and features the entire original principal cast and the vast majority of the ensemble as well. Obviously, Ashley, this is not a substitute for seeing a show live and in theater this summer. God, no. But it is a nice way to spend some time wishing that we were seeing a show live and in theater <laughs> this summer yeah and i mean it's that's a pro tape so you're still getting the theatrical experience of it without the theater what uh, are the other options beyond pro tapes i don't know of anything other than pro tapes 
Right. Yeah. No other video of Broadway shows exist, right? No, exactly. Right. You threw me under the bus the other day. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think it was Deep Tran who said on Twitter that instead of having a the In the Heights movie this summer, we're now having Hamilton, and you know, having the reverse of that means that. It's a really good decision all the way around to have Hamilton while we're all trapped indoors, but also really good decision on behalf of everybody who worked on the In the Heights movie, especially Lynn, obviously, because it drums up excitement for the In the Heights movie next summer when we're hopefully able to actually Uh, go to movie theaters again. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is, we didn't talk about it here, but the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced last month that they would now be allowing films that only streamed to be considered for the 2021 yeah, Academy Awards. I don't strange. I don't know how this works. Well, I, I mean know, they didn't really yeah. have much of an option, you know, because right. normally no, there's I mean, a requirement. I mean strange in terms of Hamilton, like can are they going to honor that as a proper I would, film? I I think they have to. I mean they've done, you know, there have been concert for you know, concert films um, That's you true, know, eligible yeah. for Academy Awards. Obviously, those generally so. had backstage footage and stuff as well. So I don't right, know what this is going to is... look like, but I would think, be, and because the the other part of that is, is the original plan, as we talked about when it was originally announced, was for Hamilton to be, you know, to be screened in movie theaters to be eligible sure, sure. for Academy Awards. So I would have to think that this is going to be eligible. I don't know what category, um, if it's something different than like, you know, a best picture type of thing. Right. Um, but I think it'll at least be eligible. And let's be honest with a severe lack of competition in a lot of ways, at least compared to regular years, we could mm-hmm. see Hamilton taking home some Academy Awards, which would be get Linda Egot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is he won't get one for songwriting because there aren't any new songs that were written for the film. <laughs> sure. um, so what happened? Hey, we don't else. know that yet. We don't know that yet. That's I, I'm going to I think we probably would have heard in the <laughs> four years since it was filmed. But yeah. speaking of things streaming that we have been waiting years to see, Ashley, this next announcement, uh, announcement got Broadway fans even more giddy with excitement because at long last, on Tuesday, it was announced that the 2015 Bombshell in Concert will stream next Wednesday, March 20th at 8 p.m. on People.com. The cast of the TV show Smash reunited for a one-night-only concert that has never been seen anywhere outside of the Minskoff Theater until next Wednesday. And not only will we be able to see that concert, but the cast reunited for a Zoom chat, which was hosted by Julie Klossner. It was actually filmed on Tuesday. That'll be a part of the streaming as well. And two-time Academy Award winner Renee Zellweger will also be introducing the event. I don't really understand why other than i think like she has a connection Mm. with the producers of smash i mean i would have gone with uma thurman but whatever anyway um but actually i said on twitter that you know we got a couple of silver linings on tuesday despite all of the bad news surrounding the broadway closure through labor day so between hamilton and bombshell and that i was talking about hamilton and bombshell that was before we Mm -hmm. heard about nick cordero waking up right so If they're going to give us crappy, crappy news, like the fact that Broadway is going to be closed for the next three months, um, or three and a half, four months, whatever it is, um, I'm bad at math, Um, (laughs) at least give us some other things to be excited about as well. 
Yeah, please bombard us with good news. For every one bad news item, uh, bombard us with three more, I guess. I think all of you on Twitter, because I still have yet to see Smash, except for like certain highlights. I think all of you on Twitter willed this into existence. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I keep forgetting <laughs> that you've never seen Smash, but... Yeah. Whatever. I'll get to it. I'll get to no, it. Well, I had I had By several friends message <laughs> exactly. I had several friends message me with the news uh saying you have one week to watch Smash. I was like, yeah. oh, I've got nothing else to do, why not? Yeah, so seriously. I'll start Smash soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's wrap <laughs> up the news with this one, Ashley. As yesterday, the Broadway revival of Neil Simon's Plaza Suite, starring real-life married couple Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick, has officially rescheduled its run at the Hudson Theater and is now slated to play Broadway from March 19th of 2021 through July 18th of 2021. And actually, a part of me thinks this might be optimistic, um, but I'm really, really hopeful that theaters are, in fact, able to open by March 19th next year. I mean, I hope so, too. That's, you know, the bare minimum of what I hope. Uh, Props to them for being this dedicated to doing this show, I guess. I mean, Neil Simon, that is a show that inspires a lot of... Anyway, okay, moving on. (laughs) Um, No, nothing? Anyway, so let's get into the feel-good recommendations. Two of them are upcoming, and two of them you can watch right now. Yesterday, Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts announced a new set of streaming offerings that will be coming in June. They are going to have, at least for the first three Fridays in June, they're calling them Broadway Fridays. They will be having first the Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel with the New York Philharmonic streaming on Friday, June 5th at 8pm. Then they will have Lincoln Center Theater's production of The Nance, starring um, uh, Nathan Lane on June 12th and then Lincoln Center's production of Act One starring Tony Shalhoub and Santino Fontana coming on June 19th those will be available on Lincoln Center's online arts portal Lincoln Center at home as well as on uh, Lincoln Center's YouTube and Facebook pages they say additional Broadway offerings will be announced Mm, these are all things that have been available via like great performances and other stuff um, already so I'm interested to see if they break open the vault the stuff we haven't seen seen before because like all of this stuff that's been available elsewhere and might even be available on amazon or broadway hd is cool Mm -hmm. and i'm glad that more people are getting to see it for free but let's let's get into the good stuff folks like let's figure out a way to get things that we've never seen before available because they've also got like light in the piazza that's probably available to them um because i I don't know if they filmed they they didn't film it with the original cast at least not all of the original cast because i think katie rose clark had replaced uh kelly o'hara at that point um but you know there's there's other things that we have seen i I want i want the good stuff i want the stuff that we haven't seen uh but anyway moving on uh from broadway to off broadway yesterday urban stages announced that they will be releasing two of their productions on youtube uh over the next two fridays this coming friday friday may 15th at noon eastern time they will uh, offer up Dogs of Rwanda, written by Sean Christopher Lewis and directed by Francis Hill and Peter Napol- uh, Napolitano. And then the following week, that, that one will be available from Friday at noon through Monday at noon. Then next, they will have Death of a Driver, written by Will Snyder and directed by Kim T. Sharp. That will be available beginning on May 22nd at noon and running through Monday, May 24th at noon. You can get more uh, information about those at urbanstages.org. Those are the two things you have to wait to see. The two things you can watch right now. Um, Broadway, Broadway faves. 
Yeah, very good. Um, Dee Rossioli, Annalie Ashford, and Colin Hanlon came together to make a music video parodying Wicked uh, called Defying Quarantine. The song was written by Ben Clark, all three. Well, I know Annalie and Dee have done uh, Wicked. I don't know if Colin has or not. Um, But anyway, um, very, very funny. Very good. Check that out. And then finally... um, on uh, Monday night, there was the Rise Up New York Telethon uh, in conjunction with Robin Hood, hosted by Tina Fey, and a bunch of Broadway performers were involved, and they came together to sing a little bit of a tribute to New York with New York, New York. We will have a video for that in the show notes. The people included are Lin-Manuel Miranda, Adina Menzel, Ben Platt, Cynthia Erivo, uh, Andrew Reynolds, Karen Olivo, Christopher Jackson. So very cool uh, to see that. The a, a number, I think, one, two, three, four, um, four Hamilton alums in there. So I was uh, just about good. to say it was like Tina Fey and then a bunch of people who have been in Hamilton. Yeah, get Ben Platt to play the uh, uh, the king and get Cynthia to play uh, uh, Angelica at some point, and we'll be in good shape. God, Ben Platt as the king is a good casting choice. I like just it. Yeah, a little fidgety for the king, but uh, you could work that in. That's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, you could be fidgety. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right. Don't forget, uh, tomorrow we should have an interview with Elisa May Gold coming up in the podcast feeds. It'll first show up on Patreon at patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Then it'll be available in the main feed. So check us out over there and join us if you would like to. Either way, have a wonderful hump day, everybody. Stay safe, stay good to each other, and we will talk to you on Thursday.